Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. From the halls of assembly, you hear a scream and shout. I love of Indiana, he's manic and devout. Everything I do, we discuss in unique manner. We won't be satisfied until we hang another banner. Us two goofy guys go by names of Ward and Eric. And as you probably know by now, we're Hoosier Hysterics. Hoosier Hysterics. Hoosier Hysterics. Hello, Ward. Good evening, Eric. I mean, how good does this feel? I... I'm getting used to it, the good feeling, the feeling of feeling better about myself, about the clothes I wear, <laughs> about the conversations I have, you know, because it's, it's all, it's also a big part of our life is wearing these clothes and talking to people who also care about it. And, and it's either like a constant reminder or a constant conversation that's depressing and aggravating as it has been for years. But now we're like, a month into just being happy and it's taken me a while to like wear that comfortably to i've always been ready to be hurt again and, and there's always a but a right but, yeah it's or, always like well but this was the case but but we didn't do this but we didn't look good but it's hard to find the butts right now it is, unless they're in the seats of Assembly Hall, because that place is rocking. For both teams. For both teams. Absolutely for both teams. This is why I've got, for those of you not watching on the video and just listening, I've got the national championship awful jacket. I've got the victory cigar in tow. We're recording this on Monday night, and I had to just light up the cigar while we did this. Um, I think it is fair to say, Ward, that never in the history of Indiana University has there been this level of regular season success, let's call it what it is right now, amongst both women's and men's basketball teams, right? I'm I'm trying to remember if the women's team, I mean, I don't know if they ever got as high as 14th in like, the night years or something when where we could have been ranked number two but if you want to say right now according to the ap our combined rank is 16 
14 plus two, <laughs> I think you would be hard pressed, very hard pressed to ever find us being that high again between both programs. And if you average it, then our average ranking is eight right now. <laughs> I, I struggled there on the math. You were starting second. with an S sound. I'm like, that's not going to be right. No, I was starting with a seven. I'm just looking at regular season on the women's side success. I mean, dude, like 19 and 11, 21 and 16 in the Big Ten. I mean, the best record in the Big Ten prior to Terry Morin was 11 and 7. I mean, 12 and no, 11 and 7 was the best year of the Big Ten. Well, the, okay. I guess all we'd have to do is probably go back to when I think we in the AP this season got as high as eighth or ninth. And where were the women mm. at that point? Okay, but forgetting ranking, honestly, yeah. forgetting voter ranking, the way that the teams are playing right now, this is the best level of basketball for men and women combined in the history of Indiana University. And there is there's just no there's just no this season is that. And it's there's unprecedented. no unprecedented. Every every team that is based in Cook Hall and Assembly Hall is rolling right now. You've got, I mean, look, this is per Isaac Trotter of pigs.com. He said, according to Bart Torvik, we have been the sixth best team in the country over the last month. And I think that's, that's, you're valid. talking about the men's team now. Correct. And, and the women's team has definitely at least been the second best. If I know South Carolina just waxed Louisiana state and they're, they're no joke though. We have more top 25 wins than they do. I've never heard anybody refer to it as Louisiana State. Never? I don't think so. I was like, oh, that's what LSU stands for. <laughs> I've just, I just have never heard anybody refer to it as the full, proper, God-given name. And so I'm, I'm happy you did. But here's the deal. Before we break down all of it, because we're going to break down all of it, and we've got as special of a guest as you can have for what's going on with basketball in Indiana right now, Let's first do what we always do at the top of every show and thank the people that allow us to be powered by communitycars.com sponsor of the Illusion Engines talk with Why'd you wait? Because I was so fascinated with the tightrope act I was watching before <laughs> me. I, I forgot to enter the, my, my cue. I was like, what? Is he going to fall? Is there a net? Oh, yeah, that's me. I'm on. It was a real high wire act. It was. And it, it could have gone south at any moment. But I saved it. I saved it. You did. Look, you know who always saves the day and saves you some money? Evan Martin from Community Cars. Can't wait to see that man. Can't wait to ride in one of his cars when we get to Bloomington. This guy, this company, this family is all about Indiana University, supporting the athletic department, and they're able to do that because they've created an incredibly successful business over the last few decades. And you don't do that in a town like Bloomington unless you provide not only the best deals on the best cars, but you're cool. People want to deal with you. They could go across the street to Bubba or Joe 
whoever it's a small town where travels fast community cars has thrived this long because they're legit they're who you want to buy a car from without the stress without the hassle without the gamesmanship hey you want to buy a car they want to sell you one at a fair price everybody wins communitycars.com and some breaking news on communitycars.com oh yeah we don't yet know if they ship internationally we're gonna find this we're gonna figure it out daryl daryl yeah what's the word on uh community cars international shipping i'm clipping my toenails oh boy we just haven't nailed that bit yet. Let's just be honest. We just, they can't all be gold. Um, but here is the breaking news. Wait, but if just one could be gold. Yeah. Well, one day one might be. That should be, that should be the tagline for Hoosier Hysterics. Hoosier Hysterics podcast. One day, one episode might be good. Yeah. Yeah. We always have great guests, but present Breaking company. This part. Yeah. So, this part. As we know, Evan Martin and Community Cars will deliver a car to you no matter where you're listening to this podcast. Coast to coast, pillar to post. I got a car. A goon got a car in North Carol- or in New York. We know that somebody got a car in Florida. We know that somebody got a car in North Carolina. We know somebody got one in Michigan. They're, they're shipping them everywhere. But just recently, they have announced, they have signed a deal that they'll do all your license plate and registration for you as well. Wherever you live. Wherever you live in all 50, he did say all 50 states. So even Hawaii and Alaska. This is a breakthrough. Daryl, did you hear that? Yeah. <laughs> Daryl is getting more and more challenged each time we do it. <laughs> um, but, but this is amazing. Like, look, when I got my car from Evan, it was great and it was so easy. I still had to go to the DMV and give him the title and all that stuff to get the plates. Evan's now saying, nah, don't have to do that. The plates will be delivered to you. They take care of that. Another thing they're doing to help you. I mean, look, I was talking to this person the other day who loves going to the DMV. Oh, wait, no, I wasn't because that person doesn't exist. Well done, sir. I, I well got done. you. I got well you. Done. You did. Yeah, the, you got me. And this is this is why um, we're so happy that they are our title sponsor. And look, the cars are great. You have one. We get to ride in them when we go back to Bloomington. I'm dropping hints about going back to Bloomington. Did you notice that? We'll follow up on that later. No, no. Let's follow up on it right now. You ready to go? You ready to go? I'm ready to go. Our first trip to Bloomington in 2023. Our first trip to Bloomington in this basketball season. It is exciting as hell. Every time I get... The countdown going in my head. I start playing the game with myself on how many nights before we go. I I just get totally excited. But you have a real job to do on this trip. Oh, boy. So listen, yeah. I broke my foot. Right. Me first, then Xavier Johnson. But I yep. broke mine first. You're a trendsetter. My recovery is not going as well as Xavier Johnson's. I think that that's fair to say. Can, can I guess uh, where this is going? Yeah, you know where it's going. <laughs> Go ahead. Do I have to try to keep you from eating your way through Bloomington? Yes, you do. Yes, you do. <laughs> but very specific. There's specific rules. Okay. So I am now on eight days in a row of eating clean and eating great and working out every day, a run okay. every day. So great. I am back able to run. And the the weight is trying to come off. But what I have found out is the grayer the beard gets, 
the harder the weight is to get off. That's Amen. what happened. Yes. So it's coming off, but I can't eat carbs or refined sugar in Bloomington. So this is why you booked this back-to-back nights at Zanku. Yes. At Little Zanku. Z- you know, some people do call it Zanku. No one calls it Zanku because it's not called Zanku. It's called Yonkos. <laughs> oh, man, the worst part is even even as you were saying it back to me, I'm like, how did I pronounce it wrong? Zanku oh. is a Palestinian chicken place in Los in, Angeles. In Glendale. That's It was yeah. the chicken place. I look. It is not Zanku's Little Zonrums. <laughs> It's it just it's it might as well be the same in my mind. I drive by it several times a week, but but my brain could not register that that was not that was not the restaurant I was trying to talk about. Why change it up is what kills me. Like we always refer to it as Zagreb's, you and I always exclusively. Why in the world would you take the risk of changing it up? I mean, look, I guess I didn't really think about it. I guess I didn't really plan it out and be like, this could be risky. This could blow up in my face. Right. I just, something came out of my mouth that was wrong. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So when we go to Zanku's Little Zagreb's back-to-back nights, here's the rule that you have. I gave this rule to Holly yesterday. I had a Super Bowl party. When I say Super Bowl party, I had it for my family and Holly's brother-in-law and his son. Okay. Chips everywhere. Nachos. No. (laughs) Chips everywhere. Nachos everywhere. Mm. Like donuts. There were donuts. It was like a car buffet. It was awful. And I told Holly, Holly, listen, if you see me with a carb in my hand, you have permission to slap it out of my hand. I'm I'm not just permission. I am begging you to do that. Will you agree to do that? She did. I didn't pick up a carb. Good. I did well. I don't know if I'll have the same willpower in Bloomington, but I need you to be with me and understand that if I pick up a carb, knock it, you, you have permission to just knock, shoulder tackle me, just like you did when we did the football training and just viciously hit me, you're you, able to do that again. You want me to lay you down like a newborn baby so you can't eat carbs? Look, so at at Little Zagreb's, we won't even let them put rolls on the table because no that, I, I like, I don't need that temptation either. Uh, I guess I'm going to have to go to Baked without you. There's nothing yeah. for no, you there. No, no, I will go with you, but I will not eat it. Well, I mean, that's up to you if you want to torture yourself. Uh, other than that, look, we we could do obviously Buffaloes for lunch. There's there's plenty of no carb options there. So if you want to really focus on the protein with the restaurants we hit this trip, I'm I've got no problem with that. Yeah, I mean breakfast. I'm gonna do fruit. I can do fruit. I'm allowed to do fruit. Healthy sugar. Well, yeah, I've been, I've been on a a smoothie kick for like six months now. So we yeah, can there find you smoothies. I'm sure I'm sure Evan or somebody else knows of a smoothie place. So I'm ecstatic about going back. And the best part of this trip is we get a double banger. We get a men's game. We get a women's game. And looking at the schedule, I mean, both of these games are have the potential to be monumental. And we will get into that as we get into the women's program a little later. But first, mm-hmm. it is time. I don't know what the hell to do. <laughs> 
Well, I'll tell you, you know, you're sitting there, you're wondering how to set it up, how to set it up. Oh, not for me, but for you, for you to be able to tell people that we are. Brought to you by IU Ventures presents a segment without pretense. Who's your hoop live just for you? Ooh, I, I like you had a little corn pone in that. <laughs> it's like corn pone. What's I corn like pone? like hee haw, like just kind of down 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 country, down on the farm a little bit. I could see you on a a porch in the deep south. I think I would do really well in, in the world of Yellowstone. I know you wouldn't. We've had this discussion. You would die in the first twenty four hours. I would die. Well, look, people die on that show. Hey, are you upset? I would die. Are you upset that Kevin's leaving the show? Well, I'm not caught up this year, so I don't know what's going on. Okay. I heard about that. I'm trying to ignore it till I can catch up on the whole thing. I don't want to talk about it. I did read a rumor that Matthew McConaughey is going to replace him. I saw that as well. Which I love. I love Matthew McConaughey. Absolutely love him. If you want entertainment, yeah. read his autobiography. Uh, I might. But you know, you know what I love more than Matthew McConaughey? What? IUVentures.com. I love going yeah. there. I what? Yeah, I just completely right? forgot that we did the intro for it, and, and <laughs> yeah, I was yeah. ready to move I was, on to Matthew McConaughey. I was trying to get us back on track. You really had to lasso me. That's right. Wrangle you, brand you with IU Ventures and all they do for not only the Indiana University ecosystem and community, but for the world at large. We love IU Ventures, iuventures.com. Go there, check it out, sign up for the email list. Get involved, get informed. Why, Eric? Why should they do all those things that are so simple and easy and honestly fun? Well, look, we've talked about like the three different areas of focus for them. The area where they write checks to IU-backed or run companies, companies that they only invest in companies that are run by or started by IU faculty, staff, alumni, students, Um We've talked about the Angel Investor Network, where people like you and me can go on to iuventures.com, find out about companies, and give our money to invest in those companies as well, and then hopefully be part of the liquidity event that will ultimately happen with one of those companies. And then the third is just the IU newsletter, the IU Ventures newsletter, iuventures.com. Sign up for it for free and get information on all this stuff. There's great educational stuff. Even if you just want to like stay abreast of what's happening with IU entrepreneurs, it's a really cool thing to do. But what we did ask them for and they provided was we wanted to know like a success story of one of the companies they invested in. They invested a few years back in a company called Doxley, which was led by its creator, founding CEO and IU alumna, Haley Altman, and executive chairman, Christopher Clapp. This business was like focused on a legal document service. So I assume like for lawyers and law offices, a way to track and computerize and digitize legal documents. IU Ventures wrote them a check for a quarter of a million dollars. Guess what? what? A couple years later, they exited. The company got bought out by a big conglomerate, and IU Ventures got their initial investment back and enough money to then fund two other complete businesses within their fund. And this is what something we have not touched on, truthfully, Ward. Yeah. This company, IU Ventures, is a 501c3. They are a non-for-profit organization. They're not looking to exit for themselves and make money for the fat cats running it. They are looking to exit companies so that they can pour the money back in to give more money and bigger money to IU-backed companies or more companies. Now, 
If you're an angel investor, that's different. You're in it to make money. But IU Ventures, when they write the checks, they're just hoping that they can get out of a company, support a company, get out of it, and roll the money back in to create more jobs that are led by companies from IU Hoosiers. What's better than that? Nothing. It, it's so appropriate that we're talking about that alongside the men and women's basketball teams, because this is excellence all by IU people. And it really, it just shows that when you are a 501 C3, it's, it's like, it's so easy to question the motives of anybody getting involved with anything when they're like, Hey, give us your money. But it's like, there it is. It's in the law. They did the paperwork and they are doing this to, to, to just be able to one really get IU out there. You, you look at a lot of the great universities, whether it be a Yale or a Stanford and, and a lot of where their prestige comes from is is being uh, behind um, not only great research, but also like the companies that that come out of there and come through entrepreneurs. there. Entrepreneurs. Entrepreneurs and being almost like an incubator for those those people and those companies. And IU Ventures is doing that in a way that no one's ever done it in Indiana, and they're being successful. So now it's time to get into Hoosier Hoopla for the rest of the damn episode. And let's start with the men's basketball team. I feel like this could go for four and a half hours with the level of excitement we're feeling here. But uh, we left you last before uh, the Revenge Tour 23 uh, had us facing Rutgers, the Scarlet Knights. As my son says, well, that's a stupid name for a team. He's right. Couldn't agree more. From the mouths of babes. (laughs) Uh, And I will say, you know, look, there was, uh, you know, it was Arizona just we weren't ready for that we clawed our way back in it kansas you know we don't have our full team and and look even with rutgers okay we didn't have jalen but at the end of the day it was something about rutgers being a conference foe who's had our number and it was a conference game early in the year where that was it really shook us we're like wow is that is that just the formula to beat us? Are we just way more vulnerable than we thought? And then we spent several weeks thinking, yes, it all goes back to that Rutgers game. I guess that's the team that we are. And PTSD. Now, what, PTSD. It 100%. totally triggered us. It totally triggered the years that we've had of futility and years of, to use Trace's language, being punked by other teams, not being tough enough, not fighting, not having the energy. And Rutgers seem to embody all of those intangibles. They're not the best team that we've played over the last several years, but they certainly embody all of those intangibles that we like to think we have. Toughness, fortitude. We're not going to be punked by anybody. And those guys punked us many times and then vocally talked about it. Well, I think we owe Geo Baker a, a thank you because he put it out there, we'll say in the national conversation, but certainly in the, the Big Ten conference conversation about us being soft. And we kind of went out and proved him right for a couple, three games. Granted, we were down two starters at that point, and we were just trying to figure out what we were without X and largely without race, but no doubt, Everybody inside the program heard that, has been like fuming about it and wanting to prove Geo Baker wrong. Is this whole turnaround because we wanted to prove Geo Baker wrong? No, but I think it probably helped. No, no. I thought it was yes. (laughs) I thought the answer to that was yes. Well, it could be. I'm just BSing here. 
Yeah. But look, so then we play the game. And we're not going to break down that game. That's been done. It's ancient history now. The bottom line is we won the game. I don't think any of us felt – we felt great we won, but we didn't feel great with how we played. There were times in that game where it just felt like we should be blowing this team out. And we just kept letting them back in and back in and back in. And the offense sputtered at the end of the game after a really good start. And there were stretches of good play, but we won and we got that monkey off our back. Thank God. Well, But it did – go ahead. Uh, well, I, but being able to grind it out – against a Big Ten foe that's had our number and actually come out on the correct side because a hallmark of Archie's teams and honestly a bunch of our losses last season were close games. We're like six points or less. Also, Isaac Trotter, shout out. Good information on his article today where it was like like eight or something, uh, two possession games that we like lost most of them. And it was just like, ah, oh, how do you... How do you become the team that wins most of those games? What what needs to flip for you to be on the other side of that? And it does feel like an intangible to your point of like, how do you go from just being the loser to having the, the winner's mentality, which at that point, okay, these teams, basically either team could win. It's not just the physically tougher team. It is the mentally tougher team that is going to execute down the stretch. And lo and behold, we did it. We did it, you know, and obviously we did that with Purdue too, hanging on for dear life at the end, but they were, you know, there was, they, they could have ended up winning that game by eight or 10 Purdue, but when they finally basically locked it up or got within one with a couple minutes to go, we shut them down. We got tougher. Yes. I totally agree. Very happy with the win. I will say this. I expect to win home games. I do. We're 13 and one. You should. I expect to win them against Purdue. Like I expect to win. I expected to win that game road games. I don't think I expect to win most of them, especially in the big 10. Cause it's so hard, bad teams. I expect to win at Minnesota. I do. I expect to win against some other teams we'll talk about, but I, I don't expect to win every game. And I don't think I should say that I expected to win at Michigan. They have owned us at Michigan for a long time now. You know, we haven't beaten them there in many years. They've won, what, eight of the last nine games overall. We finally got over that hump last year. Uh, a nice trend that Woody has established here of breaking these streaks that we've had. Michigan owned us. Purdue owned us. Rutgers owned us. And we're knocking each one off one by one. Why are you laughing? Because it's just a reminder of how bad it was under the previous administration. Like a lot of those streaks against Purdue, uh, against Michigan, against Rutgers, those are all like eight, nine game things, which are like, mm, that seems like mm, four years worth of losing to that team. How well, did more, that happen? You don't play them all twice. True. And, you know, I'm, of course, a couple of the, those games might have trickled in from the end of the Korean era and maybe one or two from Woody last year. But largely, those are at the feet of one man and one regime. And that Woody in less than two seasons has come by and beat Wisconsin, beat Illinois, beat Rutgers, beat Michigan, beat Ohio State. Uh, you know, it, it's it's like, wow. I mean, not not to mention Xavier on the road, North Carolina at home. Like th there is there is a lot that Woody has accomplished in the regular season as far as yeah. what's what's appreciably better from uh, previous seasons past.
Let me say one more thing on Rutgers before we move on to Michigan and and a full-fledged freak out about that win. (laughs) I think you're right about all those other teams. Rutgers is different because did you hear this stat, which was the most disgusting stat I've ever heard? The only team in the Big Ten that Rutgers has a lifetime winning advantage over is Indiana. Yeah. What? Nebraska's in the Big Ten. (laughs) Minnesota's in the Big Ten. Northwestern's in the Big Ten. The only team they have a winning record against is Indiana. So that's not just Archie. That goes back to Cream. You know, um, that disgusted me. So it makes that win all the more richer. And let's hope it continues. Because, by the way, we might face them again this year. Oh, yeah. Yeah. All right. So now let's talk about Michigan. They've owned us. I hate Juwan Howard. I do. I hate it. I didn't like him before because of the Fab Five. But then that slapping incident, you You, know. You you have said repeatedly that you love the Fab Five and you like Juwan Howard. No, no, no. No, no, no. Time out. (laughs) I hated the Fab Five until we did the podcast and we were told that Bobby Knight respected them. I mean, I, that I just, changed, they were good. I never, I never had a big problem with them because they were one in three against us because Calvert and the boys generally took them to Fair. the woodshed. I did not hate them as much as I hate Purdue or Kentucky, and they did play good basketball. And everything I had been told about Juwan Howard was he's a good guy, good guy, good guy. But that shit that he did, he almost got in a fight with Turjan in, in one game. Do you remember that? The Maryland fiasco? He yeah. almost he had to be pulled away from that. He slaps the the coach from Wisconsin he he there was a, a a clip earlier this year where he got into like some fracas with somebody and his players tried to remove him and he like cursed at his players get the f off of me you mother like went crazy at his own player i hate him now i i really do hate wow. him wow we hadn't talked about this i didn't yeah, realize I hate, him. Was... I hate the attitude i yeah. hate this attitude and look the truth is, they've gotten worse every year he's been there. That's it. I mean, and you can't really blame it on the talent. Like that, you want to talk about the one team in the Big Ten right now that has the 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 highest recruit. Uh, I don't know what you would call it overall composite number. I believe it is. Michigan is still sitting up there, even though we're nipping at their heels. Uh, yeah, and, and, he, and he Jed can't Howard get the most is a lottery pick. I mean, What's everybody that? says Jed, everybody says Jed Howard is a lottery pick. Like, they've got talent, but I hate them. But playing at Michigan is tough, and it's been very tough for us. And you and I watched the game together, and there were – well, let's just talk about the first play of the game because a a piece of news came out about that that I freaking love. It's great. So, apparently, one of the assistant coaches for the IU men's team was at the IU-Iowa game. I think the ladies IU Iowa game. Sorry. Yes. The IU ladies against Iowa and the assistant saw a play that they ran and loved it and went to the coach to have them draw it up. And they drew it up on a whiteboard for Woody and the team and Woody used it in the first play of the game against Michigan, which resulted in a half court set and a wide open dunk for Trace. (laughs) Why didn't we run it more? <laughs> Why? But I just love that cooperation. I synergy. love that synergy. I love that collaboration. I love that willingness 
to be open. You're Mike Woodson. You've been in the NBA game for a long time. You're a pro. You get it. And yet your assistant comes to you and says, hey, the women just ran this really cool play. You should check it out. Let's see what it looks like. Oh, shit. Not only do I think we should put it in our repertoire, let's start the game with it. And then let it be known that's what we did because we're, we're like cool with letting people know that our women's team and our coaching staff over there is great. And and we're getting some knowledge from them. It, and, and I went back. I've watched that play again. It's a beautiful play that is so well designed. And the pick to to it's like a back pick that I think Jalen said that freed up Trace. It was a beautiful play, wide open dunk. So Wait, it started it, off great. I just want to say it is remarkable that Coach Woodson, who has been playing basketball at a high level since we were born, and 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 coaching, playing and coaching, that the the infinite nature of basketball is that there is a new play or maybe one he saw once in 1984 and and now it was brought back in front of him but that it's like music it's infinite and there's so many different combinations and when you get inspired to just go and do it and there he's the 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 conductor and he gets his uh his instrumentalist to perform right out of the gate i i talk to my son about this a lot that we talk about like the 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 magic of music that there's only 12 notes, right? Right. That's it. There's only 12 notes that have allowed for every song and every composition ever to come together with 12 notes. And they keep coming up with new combinations and rhythms and patterns. And you're right, the infinite nature of basketball, there is always something new to learn, which is why you want a coaching staff that's curious and open to new ideas. And there's one that, that came about right away and gets us off to a good start. And then it didn't look good for a while. Uh, some bad fouls by Jalen hood Shafino. We just looked... The defense looked terrible for the first, like, 12, 13 minutes of the game. They were on a pace to score about 90 points for yep. much of the first half. That first and it 10 just minutes felt, was rough. It was awful. And it just felt like, here we go again. Same thing. Win the game at home against Rutgers, but go on the road against a mediocre team in Michigan, who, granted, was hot. They had they were really hot. They had won, what, four or five in a row? Um, yeah, and like nine of ten or something. Right, kind of scary. It got themselves back into the NCAA tournament conversation, and it just felt like, well, this sucks. And then something happened in those last six minutes of the first half, where we took like a ten point lead and whittled it down and whittled it down. And no doubt, this game to me, it was three stories. It was Trace, it was Jalen, and it was Miller Cop on defense. Yeah, Those are I, the three main stories that I took from it. Why don't we pick apart each one and feel free to add one, but why don't you talk about Trace and what we're seeing from Trace right now? It is a very special thing. I remember watching Peyton Manning play, and obviously we had some years of him performing at an otherworldly level and just being like, "You'll, it'll never be this good again. As a Colts fan, you're never going to see a quarterback this good again. Most teams, most fans in their lifetime will never, it will never be this good again. And so with Trace, he's been so productive and, and, and so reliable for his first three years. And you can take that for granted. But the unlocking of Trace, I think we can all point to him getting healthy, him realizing if he wants to go out 
with some true glory, not just Star Wars numbers, that it was going to be on him. Because look, Race, his co-leader, his co-captain of this team is hurt and is down. Not sure when he's going to be back. X, who he and X had figured it out in the Big Ten tournament. And there was something starting to cook there. But now he's like, this is on me. It's now or never. And it's now. And you look at he's in the company of the likes of of Tim Duncan and what Shaquille O'Neal and like Marcus Camby because of the block situation. When you see him not just getting 28 and 13, but then also averaging over four assists a game the way when we do run the offense through him and it now it is more imperative than ever because you know you look at somebody like a Nikola Jokic and he gets the ball and the ball goes up high and he looks around and he sees who's getting open and how and he might even be directing it and now we're seeing Trace be even telling people where to go while he's got two dudes on him and he's like you go there and he whips it to him and suddenly we have a lot of room for what turns out to be a, a pretty decent shooting team. Um, and that it's not just that he's indefensible when he gets you down low and can go to his right and use his left hand. Still pretty good at that. His shooting percentages are actually a little bit down in that regard during this unbelievable streak, but it's everything else he is doing. No, hold on. Sorry. Keep going. Bailey. Bailey. No. <laughs> Damon Bailey has come over to Eric's house and is eating a bunch of food in his pantry. So he's trying to chase Damon Bailey out of his pantry, or it could be his dog, Bailey. I'm not sure you can decide. The point being, I don't know if Eric can hear me, but I know you can, is you think about the blocks, you think about the assists, you put that in with this automatic double-double performance he's giving us every night, and we are now seeing one of the best stretches of basketball by any IU player in Indiana basketball history. His, his name is obviously climbing all the record books at a rapid pace in, in the mid to high single digits, you know, in, in some cases one. And in a lot of these, he's going to be top five, top, top six all time. And, uh, you know, as steady as these first three years have been, he could have kept on that pace and still put himself in that company, but that he's doing it now with even crazier statistics. And of course, the most important one being wins. What he is doing is leading this team to victory. It is no doubt starting with him and permeating through all the rest of the team of like, guys, I'm not going out like this, not in this game, not in this season, not for my career. If I have to carry you all on my newly healed back and will us to victory, that's what I'll do. And he's done it pretty much every single night um, in a way that that the best ability being re reliability. And, and when you're reliable for like 25 and 12 every night, honestly, it takes a lot of pressure off the, the other players. Um, so yeah, I think I pretty much summed it up in your absence. It was, it was yeah, really I, good. I'm sorry you missed it. I heard it all. I also thought I hit mute on my computer and apparently I did not. You heard me yelling. Oh no, no, you hit mute. Oh, did I? Yeah. But I heard you yell Bailey on your way out. So I yeah, did the Damon yeah. Bailey bit. She which... poops and then eats her poop. If I don't, <laughs> it's disgusting. It's the worst thing I've ever been a part of. All right. So I think you, you, you hit trace well, and, and here's. The scary part. Over the last, I don't know, six, seven games, 
he is not locked in offensively. He's well, not. Well, his shooting percentage is down. That's what I mean, shooting. He is not locked in. His touch is a little off. He's shooting about 50%, maybe even a little less. I think he was 11 of 23 in, in this last game. I think that in the game against Purdue, he was less than 50%. Like, he volume, he's getting it. And clearly, we're winning because of him. But I think there's still another gear that if he gets locked in with his touch, which we've seen him do, he was in the Big Ten tournament last year. I mean, it's it's just remarkable. He's he's the first player I saw to earn Big Ten Player of the Year four consecutive weeks. Uh, Big Ten Player of the Week. I'm sorry, Big Ten. Yeah, you can't <laughs> win Big Ten Player of the Year four straight weeks. That would be a weird. That would <laughs> that be a would be amazing. Award. But but Big Ten Player of the Week four consecutive weeks is astounding. So he he everything revolves around him, and we have the Nikola Jokic. Um, Comparison is an apt one because he's not as skilled as Nikola Jokic. I mean, clearly, he's not even in the same universe. But we do run our offense best through him. Yeah. You know, and he is passing out of it pretty well and he's seeing it pretty well. He still makes a mistake here and there. But our offense, whatever our offense is right now, works best when it's run through Trace, no doubt. Secondarily, Jalen Hood Shafina. Wow. I mean, this is what a pro looks like. And I'll just cut to the end here and then go back. I was having a conversation with an NBA scout who told me he's the third point guard that's going to be taken in the NBA draft. Yeah. Said it was Anthony Black. I think he's in Arkansas, who's like a, a crazy talent. And one other guy that I don't really pay attention to, Nick Smith maybe or something. I don't know. Um, and then Jalen. And and he was saying he's a freak. I mean, he's like he's six foot five, six foot six. He's huge. He is a monster. And his potential is just insane. He's got good touch, good form. Uh, demeanor is amazing. You know, as an NBA, this is what the NBA Scott was telling me. Sometimes you stay away from players because you think they're gonna be a problem. Mm-hmm. And you're a professional organization paying millions of dollars and you have to win, that's your job, you can't take a risk on a guy who's going to be a problem. And when you do, you get burned for that. Jalen's not a problem. He shows up, he he works as hard or harder than everybody. He carries himself like a pro. He doesn't whine to the officials. He he falls on his elbow, he gets right back up. He, he takes is, coaching. He takes coaching, which we've heard Woody talk about over and over again. He is such a special talent. And I am going to plug... NIL has something to do with the fact that Jalen Hood-Shafino chose to come to Indiana. It's not all of the reason, but it certainly played into it, him knowing that he could come to Indiana for one or two years and do very well financially, while he also becomes the best teammate and player that he could possibly be. He is so special. Some of the passes that he makes, the little pocket passes, the (coughs) alley-oops, and then the shot when it's falling – there were times in that Michigan game ward where we were dead. That first half, when he came back in, we looked dead, and he rattles off a couple buckets in a row. And we talked about this, the short-term memory. He didn't start off great. He, he, he didn't hit a couple shots. He got a couple fouls. He had to sit early, and with Woody, you never know when you're going to get back in. But his number got called. He popped back in, and he was rock solid the rest of the game. A few, you know, a few uh, turnovers. You know, look, there were a lot of self-inflicted uh, wounds in that Michigan game. There, there, we, we 
I don't want to say we should have won by double digits, but we easily could have if we didn't go down and like have three errant pass turnovers, unforced errors in a row. Or but, just missed layups. Or missed layups. Like there, there were, it just, it seemed like we were going to keep getting in our own way. But look, when you have, when Batman has Robin, when Trace has Jalen, um, and they score the vast majority of your team's points because Trace 28, Jalen 21, not one other player on the roster scored more than four points. And how, how do you get away with that and win against the hot team on the road in the Big Ten? You have arguably the best college basketball player in the country, and you have – I was talking about this with my dad. I think with Jalen coming in as a freshman point guard, who would you who would you say was a better freshman point guard than him going back anybody between him and Isaiah Thomas? No. Yeah. No. Yeah, that's what we're dealing with. So yes, savor what you're seeing from Trace, but savor what you're seeing from Jalen too because because yeah, you ain't going to get to see it for long. It is it is rare rare stuff we're witnessing. And I mean, you know, if if you're ready to move on from Jalen and you want to go to Miller, I do. And, I, and do. I think I think Miller uh, was obviously totally dialed in the entire game on defense. His teammates kind of came and went, and then finally got completely on the Miller train for those last few minutes, crucially. But when you saw Miller out there, because we've talked about this, when the difference between when we are at a full 10 as focus and intensity and concentration goes on defense and we're up on our guys and we're fighting through those screens and there's no daylight between us and them. Uh, well, Miller was pretty much doing that the entire game. Some of the other guys, okay, I'm going to go below the screen instead of around it and maybe let them have an easier shot, or I'm not going to cut them off before they get to the rim. But, but Miller, every time down the court was just suffocating Jet Howard. And look, this is something that we have talked about since last year. The knock that that fans had on Miller was wasn't getting his shot, you know, and if he's not going to get his shot, he's what good is he? He can't play defense. And what we heard from the coaches directly last year throughout the year is that he kept getting better defensively as the year went on. And so many fans didn't want to believe it. Coming into this season, many fans didn't want to believe it. They wanted to believe that he was a defensive liability because they remember, well, remember that time that the guy blew by him and got to the rim? Or I, Yes, those things do happen. He's not the quickest guy in the world, but he guarded a lottery pick who is taller, quicker, faster, strong, maybe not stronger but taller, quicker, faster than him and made him work. When I watched the game again, even the shots that Jet Howard hit in the first half were all difficult. All mm. of them. They were, I mean, he hit a step back three. He hit difficult shots. Maybe he had one real clean look, but Miller made him work on every possession. And not only was his defense just in and of itself great at the end of the game against Jet Howard, but you can't tell me that making him work for the first 39 minutes of the game didn't affect Jet Howard for the last minute of the game. Yeah, both he was have exhausted. The, 
exhausted and inside his head. Like I can't get any daylight on this guy. He's closing out on me so smartly because you see those guys, they're, they're scrambling to close out. They run into the guy or, or it's almost more just like window dressing. I'm going to kind of pretend like I'm getting out there, but with Miller, he gets as close as he possibly can without committing the foul. And it's so much, I think in terms of where that, that improvement has come from. I don't think he's gotten much faster since he's gotten to Bloomington, but he understands positioning. You know, what are the angles? Where are my guys going to be? Oh, I better make sure they're there. So I'm going to yell at them to make sure they're there. So then I know where I should be in relation to my player. And if they have their ball, what are their tendencies? How to like, you know, lean towards the, what they like to do and force them into what they don't like to do by where I position my feet, my hips. And when you have a guy like Trace, who is such an eraser at the basket, you can afford to to, to pressure, pressure, pressure on the perimeter. And if he gets by you, you have to trust that you have this eraser who's going to either block it or impact it. And we saw him impact several shots in the game against Michigan and throughout the year. So I also want to give, you know, you said he's he didn't get any faster, but he's it's footwork. It's it's the mechanics. And it's also constant effort. It is. It's just constant effort where so many offensive-minded guys think that defense is where you take a break, right? Because they want to have their energy for the offensive side, to come off a pick, to make a move, to get a shot. Miller, I give him so much credit because he did come to Indiana as a three-point specialist. And by the way, he's shooting close to 50% from three. So he's doing very well in that regard, just not getting enough looks. Even Woody has said he's not getting enough looks. But he's saying the hell with it. I'm going to give every ounce that I have. He played 39 minutes in that Michigan game. 39 minutes. 39. And he's like, "I'll I'll be fine on offense. He's giving it his all. And we don't win that game without his sustained effort. There were definitely well, other plays throughout the game well, from other like, players like, that were yes. huge, but, but his but, sustained effort was remarkable. We, we Like, he had a couple of key blockouts late in the game, yes. which we know, like, you know, at the free throw line, they missed one. He called it, you know, sh- I got shooter. Maybe he did, maybe he didn't. Maybe he just pointed to the guy, but he knew he had him. He blocked it out. It was a long rebound back. We got it. And when we were in a game that clearly every point was going to count, um, those are winning plays. And that is, and it's the same thing with Trey. You know, I think it's been talked about quite a bit. We saw it, it was happening uh, that I think it was Miller who got stuck on Dickinson and Michigan was taking a tad too long to get it to him. And Trey saw what was happening, cheated up behind, like you said, like a defensive back, just reading the quarterback, knowing that pass was going to come. And when it came, Trey swooped in and grabbed it. And, you know, Trey's one who hasn't necessarily been filling up the box sheet, box score. But when he, you know, against Rutgers, you know, he came through with a couple big plays late. And that's where, like, yes, we would love to have a third guy, a fourth guy who you reliably would think would get 12 or 14 points to go along with Jalen and Trace. Because even Jalen, you can't necessarily count on for a big scoring night. But when you, you have enough role players who are doing it on defense, which ultimately these guys did when it counted the most against Michigan, and are savvy and coming up with those winning plays in crunch time. That's why we're what like six and two in two possession games this year, instead of the opposite as we were last year. Yeah. It's such a good point. That play that Trey made when I watched it back, 
I honestly think he was hiding behind Hunter behind Dickinson. Dickinson. I think so too. He was yes. crouching. He was yep. really low. He was deking a little bit. Be it sneaky. And just waiting. Yeah, it was it was so awesome. And eight possessions in a row for Michigan at the end of that game, they did not score. We got eight consecutive stops. Now we didn't score much on those last eight either, but we scored <laughs> enough. We got Jalen going to the rim, getting two huge free throws. We got that awesome play that you have to give Woody credit for coming out of the four-minute timeout where it was the alley-oop to, to Trey, which was or Trace, which was just awesome, even though it was a terrible alley-oop pass, and Trace just had to hang in the air for 10 minutes. I still but say it, it was awesome. perfect because Jalen knew that was the only player in the country that could get to that ball, so that's why he yeah. put it there. And we end up winning and take our record to 9 and 5 and 18 and 7 overall we have moved up to 14th in the AP which you know I don't care too much about we're at 19 in Ken Palm Torvik, I think we're, we're still at like 29th 28 29 <laughs> well and look I get it because the Big 10 sucks and that's what Torvik I think looks at and waits considerably is that these teams that we're beating he doesn't think much of like his stats don't think much of Michigan and Rutgers, and they just don't. I think it, it is actually a point for the AP poll uh, where, where in terms of recency bias, if you're talking about, okay, we really just want to assess, look back, and like what were the top 25 teams this season now that it's over? Okay, that's one thing. But what the AP, there is a recency bias, and I don't think that's completely unfounded when you're i do think we have been playing like a top 15 team for the last month and that's who we are right now and what happened against kansas you know even uh, you could argue what happened with penn state and iowa and northwestern you know no that and that should still be dragging down our rankings because rankings are for the year but i do think the ap is much more volatile because they're like well this team's been playing really good for two weeks so up 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 they go i uh, you know you could I argue think that's a great that's a great point if you trust the eyes of the people voting and I hear you like you're, you're it's a collection of people. So it's a little bit of like the wisdom of crowds, you know, that like if if 100 people are voting this way, there is something to it. I, I do still say the Big Ten sucks. And I do think the level of play in the Big Ten is not nearly what the level of play in the Big 12 is or the SEC, uh, probably about what the ACC is. But. I just think it's one of the worst years we've seen. And you and I have talked about how the Big Ten isn't that good, even in these years that everybody was saying it was the best conference of basketball. Look, if eight teams make the NCAA tournament from the Big Ten, it's fucked up because they don't deserve it. Like the, Michigan State doesn't deserve to be in the NCAA tournament. They haven't beaten I, enough teams. And so I – and again, I'm only focused on what I watch. I don't watch – tons of big 12 games. So I'm just watching big 10 and comparing it. First of all, just judging what I see, which is very little high end talent, very little creative offense, tackle basketball, and just bad basketball a lot of the time and rock fights. And when I've watched some of these other games like Alabama play, or even still Gonzaga or Arizona or UCLA, I see more free flowing, good basketball. Well, but I, I think your point is well taken. The AP poll is more of a snapshot of what is happening now than an accumulation of all these stats over the year. That's fair. 
and and to your point of okay, who individually scares you in the Big Ten? Um, Zach Eady, maybe Keegan Murray can get going. Like it's a Chris Murray. Keegan's in the NBA. Uh, yeah, well, I was saying if Keegan would come back, and, and <laughs> I mean, look, we don't know that he has it. We don't know that he hasn't. Little twin magic. Who knows? <laughs> um, right. Do you remember uh, the Killer Bees? Do you remember the Killer Bees wrestling team? Oh, were they twins? No, but oh. they wore masks. Oh, okay. The same mask, the same tights, the same shoes. So in every match, they would just switch without tagging when the referee <laughs> wasn't looking. That was their deal. That was what they would do. Um, yeah, it is. And look, you could make an argument for the Big Ten of like, oh, maybe in years past of like, uh, well, there there would be a little more talent around like a Luke Garza or a Kofi Coburn, Cockburn. Um or hey, these are like veteran teams that have played together for a long time, and they're 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 tough in conference. They're going to be a tough out in the tournament because they're led by veterans. But there's just like really none of that happening in the Big Ten this year. And it's like Michigan State isn't the Michigan State we've come to expect. Uh, oh, Chris Holtman's in real trouble in Columbus, you no, know. No. Like so, so what? Yeah, I mean, it's it is unfortunate. Wisconsin sucks. This, yeah, we beat them. You know they yeah. suck if we beat them. <laughs> no, no, not anymore. Not so, anymore. Look, look, you and I talked about this. I don't remember when we talked about this, but we are now in a place where there's no buts, where we're not like looking over our shoulder, where we are actually daring to say we could win the Big Ten. Like, we're two games out of the Big Ten lead right now. You know, they've Purdue's lost three games. They still have to play us again. Granted, it's at Purdue. And who knows what will happen when they go to play the rest of their schedule. They just lost to Northwestern. But we said at the beginning of the year, what is success for this team? We said compete for the Big Ten title till the end of the season. Be in it. We have put ourselves back in a position that if one break goes our way, we're in it. Now, we still have to take care of business and win at Northwestern, which is a huge game coming up tomorrow, Wednesday. Huge, huge game. But we said compete for the Big Ten title, and we said be a second weekend at least uh, NCAA tournament team. But but in between there is the Big Ten tournament. And we're going to go, let's hope it just keeps rolling against Northwestern, against Illinois, you know, uh, uh, all the regular – season games there's still quite a few we still got a lot of work to do but if we're playing anything like we are right now when the big 10 tournament starts i definitely would not want to play us i agree i personally when we get to the big 10 tournament i want to win every game but i do not give a shit about the big 10 tournament i hate it i i do i i it's a total tv creation that's all it is and i hate it because it's a four game tournament when you just played 20 the team that won over the course of 20 is the better team. I don't like the Big Ten tournament, and I think it does in some ways hurt you for the NCAA tournament, you know, because, I mean, look, last year we won a couple games. We played three games in the Big Ten tournament. Then we had to play a play-in game, right? So you have a yeah. shorter rest. It was and like then, playing another round in the Big Ten tournament going yeah. to Dayton. Right. I, I just didn't – I don't like it. But you're right. We're dangerous right now. And there is no reason as fans – to now shy away from the expectations that we had at the beginning of the year, which is compete for the Big Ten title, compete for a high seed. When I say high seed, 
I think top four. That's yes. where we are right now. Top yes. four seed in the NCAA tournament and be a second weekend team. And then who the hell knows what happens? That's where we are right now. And kudos to Woody and the staff for getting this team out of the one and four funk and putting them in. And kudos, obviously, to the players because they pulled themselves out, too. But we're going to be critical of Woody and the staff when things weren't going well. I'm going to give him praise when things are going well. And the whole staff deserves it. And look, we spent four years in the last regime trying to squint and 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 turn our head at such an angle to see progress. Did we get better this year are we getting better is it moving in the right direction and it was really hard to make that out because it turns out it wasn't happening but you don't have to squint you can look at this team with eyes wide open and be like this team is far and away better than the team last year which was better than the team the year before that i um, i couldn't agree more i couldn't so agree more the trajectory so, is nice all right so our guest today wow is just the perfect person to talk to for the IU women's basketball team. Because as special as what's happening on the men's side right now, there has been nothing to compare to what the women are doing right now since 1976. I mean, right? They're 24-1, and one, Ward. Yeah. I mean, you know, I think in terms of a, a team that was ranked number one constantly and only had one conference loss, I mean, I think you could still make good comparisons to Cheney's senior year with what's going on with this team. You you could. They were the number one team in the country. Absolutely. But they lost a couple games in the non-conference as well. This team is now 8-0 and against ranked opponents. I believe they're 5-0. and They said, 4-0 or 5-0 against top 10 teams. Both of those statistics are the best in the country. And the game that caused me to smoke the victory cigar tonight, and we'll go backwards here, but let's talk about the victory cigar. The first half of basketball from tonight or last night's game, Monday night's game against Ohio State, was the most beautiful basketball that I have ever seen in my life. It made me think of because I had to go back and watch this. I wasn't born yet, but the second half of the Michigan game uh, in the 1976 title game, which like Bob Knight was like, that was the 20 best minutes of basketball I think I've ever seen played. And that's what this, the first half was against Ohio State. It was like, it was unbelievable. I told my son, I was like, we're doing this to the 13th best team in the country on their court. It's unheard of. It is unheard of what this team did in that first half. And I was worried because I was like worried before the game because Ohio State's got a lot to play for, seeding, you know, tournament. They, Indiana's got a target on their back now, number two totally. team in the country. But they just stepped on their throat and then let up a little bit. I was worried about that third quarter. And they did let up and McKenzie got in foul trouble and Ohio State cut like a 25-point lead to 10. And then like that, McKenzie comes back in the game. We settle down. We get it to her in the post. And then we roll them the rest of the game. And, it was and, remarkable. And to have McKenzie, who's every bit to that team, what Trace is to the men's team. And then you have Scalia scoring over 20 points. And then Scallion. you have Scalia. Yeah. I always say Scalia and then people correct me. It's Scalia. Scalia. And then you have Grace 
what she got 16 or 18, just doing what she does. I mean, like, this is what I love about Grace. When Ohio State was making that run, you just see her dribbling down the court, and she just does this. And for those not watching, it's just pump the brakes. She's like, guys, calm down. We got this. And then they just started building the lead back up again when it really did because that was still the third quarter. It was 10 points. It seemed like, oh, boy, this could be anybody's game. Nope. You might get this team for a few minutes, but they didn't even get them for the whole quarter. And then we pretty much were in control the rest of the game again. We have six legitimate weapons on that team. You have McKenzie, who is a top five player in the country. I would argue Grace Berger is up there because of her full game, how yeah. good she's. She's certainly top 10, 12 in the country. You have Sydney Parrish, who we have seen is ballsy, great rebounder, great energy, great steals, can shoot the three, can get to the hole, really good. Chloe Moore McNeil, best defender on the team, has shown the ability to step out and hit the shot, can get to the rim, has length. And then you bring Sarah Scalia off the bench, and you have Yarden Gerzon, who, when she gets hot, it's nuts. And she didn't have a good game tonight. And uh, Sydney Parrish didn't have a good game tonight. And we still beat the brakes off of the number 13 team on the road. It is <clears throat> remarkable and such an amazing follow-up to the emotional win for the high, the biggest crowd in the history of Assembly Hall, right, against Iowa, against the number five team in the country with everybody's all-world, uh, oh. Caitlin Clark. Oh, which, by the way, was also the most watched women's basketball game in Big Ten Network history. 350,000 people watched that game at home. It was a primetime game that felt like a heavyweight matchup, and it was. It was tied after the first quarter, tied after the second quarter. Then third quarter, we stretched a lead right at the end to get up by five and then hold the lead and extend it a little and end up winning by nine. To do what we did to Ohio State on the road, after a game like that, when we're in this world of, oh, trap game, oh, emotional letdown, like we, we make those excuses on the men's side, which, which are bullshit excuses. The women go to Ohio State and take the number 13 team apart. What they're doing is so special. That's it. I think we've we've made those excuses for the men's team in the past because that those teams weren't very good. And and we were looking, could that happen? Would we have made those excuses if we didn't pull it off against Michigan? Quite possibly. But when you are arguably the very best team in the country, like inarguably a Final Four uh, favorite, as the Indiana Lady Hoosiers are now, you're, you're somewhat impervious to that. This team has shown they have risen above what, even other very good teams at the collegiate level could be subject to those kind of mental lapses and breakdowns. Like they don't have that much within games. They don't have it from game to game. This is a team that is locked in virtually all the time. And here's what's truly special. Look, the Indiana's never won a Big Ten championship. I think we did win a Big Ten tournament championship once, like okay. a, a a random year that we got lucky again, but we weren't very good. 11 we and 7. We got hot. We got hot. Indiana is now in a position where if we win against Michigan at home, we already beat Michigan once on the road, but they're a top 15 team. If we beat them at home coming up, I think that game is – is that game Wednesday or Thursday? Do you have the schedule in front of you? I'll check. Give me a second. But what we are able to do 
If we beat Michigan coming up this week, then we have a home game against Purdue. Thursday. The game's Thursday night. We play Thursday against Michigan at home. Then we play against Purdue on Sunday. If we win these two games, Ward, home games, we have clinched a share of the Big Ten Championship. We could be there for a potential Big Ten clinching championship win. The last time that I saw an Indiana team clinched, it wasn't even a clincher because we needed help. But I was there in 1987 senior game when we beat Ohio State with Steve Alford, Keith Smart, and the national championship team. Purdue had to lose that game, and they did the game they played later. And I remember getting the results of that when we were at Mustards in Bloomington, uh, having a post-game celebration meal with my parents. But that's what this team has put themselves in position to do. Here is how confident I am in this team. It doesn't matter that we're going to be there. <laughs> like, we could be there right on the court, very evident to all, and I don't believe it will affect the outcome of the game. They're that good. It's just, you know what else is remarkable? Two years ago, do you know what this team's record in the Big Ten was? Indiana? We did not win the Big Ten. We were 16-2. and two. <laughs> Big Ten. Ladies, you can, you can rag on the men's side of it. The, the women's side, damn, damn good basketball in the Big Ten. 16-2, and two, and we did not win the Big Ten. And now we're on pace. Look, we've lost one game. If we win the rest, we go 17-1. and one. It is remarkable. It is uh, so satisfying. It is so much fun to watch. And, and, and here's what, what I'll tell you that I think is the greatest testament to them. I get pissed off when they screw up. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, I get pissed. That's where they are. That's how good they are. That's the expectation and the level of the bar that they have set for what fans should expect from this team. And this what? is so special. There, There is just one aspect of this program where the bar has been set very low, and that is who they'll do interviews with. It's true. They have no standards. For a program on top of the world, a program reaching the highest of heights, I cannot believe that this person has taken time out of her day to talk to us. I am I, like... Obviously, we're recording this after this happened, but I can go back to how I felt getting ready to have this conversation. Not our first with this human being. Maybe um, our last. Maybe our last. <laughs> like, honestly, I was shocked that, that, that we got the, the yes on this one because this is a team that is finally starting, just starting to get the attention it deserves. Um, but man, are we so lucky to get to talk to the person responsible for everything we've been gushing about. And by way of context, we shot this interview the day after the Iowa game. So right. it's why we're not talking about the Ohio State game. We shot it the day after the Iowa game and held it for this week. Uh, I do want to say, and we talk about this in the interview, the lack of national respect that that has irked Terry. Oh, I said her name. The, the the lack of national respect that has irked this program was is still evident. Mackenzie Holmes, even this week, not included on top five players of the year. She scored 33 tonight and yeah, set a career high. Career high. Yeah. And, and it like was like 15, 16 of 18 from the field or something like that. Something yeah. crazy. Like 
her her numbers are otherworldly. And in the post-game interview, again, the head coach of Indiana women's basketball was like, listen, you want to know why we're so good? You got to turn on the TV and watch it. Like, forget just looking at stats and, you know, and the same old teams, but actually do your job if you're a national media person and watch this team play. Because if you watch this team and specifically McKenzie, there is no way that she should be left off of any player of the world list in women's basketball right now. And like you said, we got to talk to the woman responsible for putting it all together. So let's stop jibber-jabbering and get to it. You know, when you say it, what it reminds me of is at the beginning of the Captain Jack Sparrow music video that Lonely Island did with Michael Bolton. Yeah. And he comes into the studio and he's like, hey, sorry, boys. I was listening to the Pirates of the or watching the Pirates of the Caribbean trilogy. You watch those? Oh yeah, yeah, those yeah, are great. Yeah, those are good. Those are it's great. Like, okay, well, I came up with a real sexy hook, and then and I think then, you boys are really gonna like it. Yeah, he's like, all right, let's get to it. This is the tale, tale of, of Captain, Captain Jack Sparrow. Sparrow, pirate so brave on the seven seas. A mystical quest, quest to the Isle, the Isle of Tortuga. Old Captain Chuck giving them what for. What for? <laughs> sorry, coach. Sorry, really sorry. All right, let's get to it. Here comes a guest. Here comes a guest. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, wow, what a thrill today. We have a guest, but we don't have her for very long because she's very busy doing very great things. Eric, who is it? I mean, I'm just going to do this very quick and hit the main points. Hailing from Seymour, Indiana. She's in her ninth season leading the charge as the head coach of the IU women's basketball team. She's been to four NCAA tournaments. She went to back-to-back Sweet 16s, including an Elite Eight. She's in the midst of her eighth consecutive 20-win season. She is... 195 at 90 at Indiana, which makes her the all-time winningest coach in IU women's basketball history. 394 all-time wins, 42 academic All-Big Ten selections, 24 All-Big Ten honorees, and we think that number is going to go up this year. This year's team, 23-1, and 13-1 in the Big Ten, 7-0 versus AP top 25 teams. Number two in the AP poll, the best ranking ever. The NCAA released their top 16 last night. Where are we? Number one seed. That's where we are. And of course, coming off the heels of a massive win last night against fifth ranked Iowa. I mean, I'll just say it. My favorite person in the world. Please welcome <laughs> head coach Terry Morin. Thank you. It's good to see you guys, as Great always. To see you. It, it, when, when Megan said that you could do this and we knew we were going to talk to you, it just made it so that the whole day was better. <laughs> just the whole day was better. So... Let's get into it. I want to start here. You came to Indiana nine years ago, Mm -hmm. taking over a program that was dealing with some controversy and a a program that was long dormant. Is this what you envisioned back then? Yeah, I I think it is, honestly. Um, You know, I've said this. uh, I always thought, I believed if they had the, the right person, you know, uh, at Indiana that that person would have, um, plenty of reasons why it could be successful. One, you know, Indiana synonymous with basketball, rich tradition, the history is there. Of course it was always on the men's side, but I felt like, you know, if they could get the right person that, you know, we could, um, we could build our own tradition in women's basketball. And, um, 
you know, sure enough, now, you know, there's always mistakes along the way, but uh, we tried to do it sort of brick by brick. And um, finally, I think we've, we've been able to um, get the kids in here that fit us, fit my staff and I, and, um, you know, we're in a, we're in a really, I think, healthy place right now um, with our program. And I think um, the success, you know, hopefully breeds more success, but that will help in recruiting. Certainly, uh, you know, more of the, the top players will want to not just, you know, uh, maybe consider Indiana, they'll want to come to Indiana. No doubt, no doubt. Not only because of the success of the wins and losses and the culture you've built, but the style of play. It's you, you're, your team is playing as fun a style of sport, not just basketball. Like I <sighs> dare somebody to name a more enjoyable sport to be watching right now than you guys on the floor. However, I bet you don't wake up in the morning and go to bed at night being like, man, we're really great. This is perfect. <laughs> This is a scary thought for opponents, but I'm sure you have it. How can this team get even better? Well, you know, I just got done watching our game from last night, and I have about five or six, you know, pages of notes um, <laughs> that uh, we we still, you know, we've uh, we've never will never arrive here. Trust me, guys, when I tell you that uh, there's always room for improvement. Uh, Watching video like I did this morning tells us that um, that's the evidence that, um, you know, whether we're not screening as well as we need to, um, whether we didn't execute this play, whether we weren't in the rotation we needed to be in defensively. And so uh, it's not a perfect game and we certainly aren't perfect, but, um, you know, we will um, today's our day off and tomorrow we'll show them all the imperfect things that they did and um, and hope that uh, and this has been a great group. Trust me, when we go to into film with them and we're, we're talking about the good, the bad, and the ugly and all the corrections. Um, but it's con it's a constant community, you know, conversation with these guys about the ceiling and just how much better we can get. You know, there's always room to improve. And just a couple of weeks ago, I, I, I said, we're going to go, my staff and I are going to go into a, a room. We're going to leave you guys in here. And this is the question. Tell me three ways we can improve right now. Mm -hmm. Like what are those three ways that uh, you guys feel like we have to improve as a team? And, um, you know, a lot of it was their focus and the scouting report. And they're really good at following that, but they felt like, you know, there were moments where there was, um, you know, the lack of focus, you know, kept them from, uh, you know, being able to, to execute, you know, the game plan. Um, and, you know, for us, it was being able to guard, you know, mine was being able just to guard the ball better. And so, and all of us had our own, you know, ideas of ways to improve, uh, but collectively, you know, we came together and, and they had theirs, we had ours, but it was a, a moment where we all realized that, look, if we can just make these things a little bit better, just think about how, how, how much better we'll be as a team. Taking free throws away. Cause I know that is a bugaboo for you all the time, you know, um, take free throws away from last night, because the right. truth is while we left a bunch of points on the board, free throws, so did they. So, sure. you know, it kind of evens out there a little bit. What is one thing from last night? I always love that you focus on the things, even in a huge win that we can get better. Yeah. What is one thing that you looked at when you watched video that you really want to hit in practice coming up? Well, again, I, you know, uh, you know, our screening was not, and it's such a little thing, but it's such a big thing. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's such, such as, uh, an unselfish thing to do is set a great screen, you know, for your teammate. 
um, and help them get open. And so, um, you know, I thought there were moments where what maybe we were in a hurry. Uh, you know, sometimes Mac is guilty, especially when it's, I got, I love Mac. Thank God she's on our team. But, you know, sometimes she's guilty of getting in a little bit of a, you know, too big of a hurry because what we're essentially trying to do is get her open, you know, but uh, she needs that guard to be able to get open, you know, on the wing for her to turn and seal and, and post up. And so um, there's, there's those little things, you know, we, some of our, we, we didn't read, you know, out of some of our sets, um, you know, we try to take a lot of pride in, in being able to take what the defense gives us. And there were moments where, you know, we, we run some really good stuff and we just didn't read, make the right play. Okay. And um, and so those are things that our guys got to see, you know, as far as uh, you know, there's there's about two or three options in everything we run. And based on what the defense is doing, we got to make the right the right read, the right decision. And so, uh, you know, those are the things. But, um, you know, the one thing I never have to do is talk about effort, talk about energy, talk about, you know, any of that stuff, because this this group, um, it brings it every every single night for us. And um you know, we we may, uh, you know, we've only done it once so far, knock on wood, but uh, it wasn't because of our lack of effort. It's always because of, you know, things that we, we just aren't doing well enough, um, whether it's offensively or defensively. Uh, well, I think something that has come up recently is, and maybe it is because it's been a long dormant program, as Eric says, but there has been um, maybe less interest historically in, in the women's program, but the Purdue game sold out, right? Mm -hmm. And I'm, I guess I'm wondering now, you are entering uh, an era where there's more than 10,000 people at every game. The Purdue game right. sold out. Do you actually see the difference that makes on the court with your team and the way yeah. they're playing and executing? Can you see the crowd yeah. actually improving your team? No, no, no question. I mean, everything, everybody wants to play in front of crowds, right? And our kids are, are not any different. Uh, the fan generate, the fans generate energy. And, um, you know, whether we were at Purdue last week when they had that place sold out, whether we were here last night, um, you know, against Ohio State, against North Carolina, uh, against Maryland. I mean, we've had some terrific, uh, you know, turnouts. And so, uh, you know, I think our kids really thrive in that atmosphere. They love it. Uh, and, uh, and there's nothing like playing in assembly hall, you know, it's different. Um, the, the, the feeling was the same, I think, but there's something, um, special about just how close when you're in the hall that you're, you feel like everybody's right on top of you. That didn't, it didn't feel that way at Mackey, but it feels that way in the hall. And so, you know, this is obviously a, a really special place for our players to be able to play in front of, you know, our fans and a lot of them. Um, but, um, you know, it's, it's happening and it's great. It's great. It's not just happening for us guys. It's happening in the big 10. You know, yes. I was sold out a times, um, you know, and, and it's, it's so great for the, for, like I said, the conference, it's so great for women's basketball, uh, you know, as a female, as a, you know, a head coach, you know, we want to help grow our game because we think it's a really great game. Um, so any, any time that, uh, you know, you have nights like last night where, you know, you're playing in front of such large crowds and it garners attention from not just, you know, local, but nationally, that's, it's great. It's so great for, um, you know, our game. Uh, all right. So let's talk about uh, the attention because you have, 
the, my favorite press conference I think you've done was the press conference before the Iowa game because you were a little, there was a little edge to you in that, in that press conference. Mm -hmm. And especially when it came to uh, the national media attention for our program. Mm -hmm. Uh, mm -hmm. And you made a point of in our last huge game, they're talking about Caitlin Clark throughout the whole game and we're out there kicking ass and one of the best, maybe, maybe the best team in the country right now, but certainly one of the best teams in the country and have proved yourself to be an elite program. W one, don't you love having that as bulletin board material first? <laughs> like, doesn't that help you? So, so it's a kind of a double-edged sword because one, there's that, but two, how do we get over that hump. I mean, I yeah. posted something on Twitter last night. I went to the yeah. ESPN page for women's basketball. The right. first story was the top 16, which I get. That's a big national right. story. Right. But then there's a feature on Gino. Yeah. And then the last story is Indiana in the first top five matchup <laughs> in the Big Ten in 30 years beats Iowa as one line. It pissed me off. So one, how do we get over that? And two, do you like it a little bit? Because it helps your kick. <laughs> Well, I will say this, looking back, you know, probably the one regret I do have is I probably should not have mentioned any names because I think it's obvious. Uh, there's a bias in women's basketball, you know, when we you sit down and if Indiana's not playing and I'm watching other teams, you know, there's whether it's a couple teams, normal, you know, the, the regular teams that you hear about or the regular players that you hear about. Um, my point was that there are so many really good basketball players, you know, in women's basketball right now. Um, and, and again, if it's going to be on ESPN, if it's going to be on BTN, you're probably watching a few of them right in front of you. So why don't we, why don't we talk about those guys, right? Let's talk about the, the teams that are playing this, the special, you know, players that are playing and, um, and so forth. And so, um, you know, I'm not mad at Caitlin. Caitlin is superb. She is excellent. But we know that Caitlin is superb and excellent. But we can, I think just we can do a better job of highlighting um, other great players. That's yeah. that. That's the point. And, and so real, my, quick, real quick, Terry, I just want to jump in. Yeah. In no way did I or I think any reasonable person think you were slighting Caitlin Clark at all. I mean, right. you have, I you have praised her. I, I didn't read it that way. You were slighting the coverage. Sure. And rightfully so. So I, I just yeah. want to make clear that we're not sliding yeah. her either, even though I don't like her. But that doesn't <laughs> matter. That's just me talking. Um. So anyway, the B side, yes. though, doesn't it motivate you a little bit? It, it does. But you know what, Eric, it's stuff that, you know, if, if I'm preaching to my kids, control what you can control, you know, then I have to be able to. Fair enough. Talk the talk and walk the walk. That's that's stuff that we can't control. It's unfortunate. Does it irritate me? Sure. Because, you know, this, the team that we have is really good and <laughs> they should, they should, the national media should pay attention to what this group has been able to accomplish. Um, you know, you read off all the things that they've done this year. I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's extraordinary, right? All the, the top teams that we've been able to beat and, um, you know, the, I think Mackenzie Holmes is surely one of the best players in the country right now in terms of how she's playing. Uh, Grace Berger is special in her own right, but um, yeah, I mean, it does from, from, from an inside, it does irritate me. It does sure. because it's, I want more for, for those players. They deserve, they deserve that. Um, but I don't, 
the only, as I said, and if you listen to it, you know, what I said to, to the, 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 um, the gentleman that asked me the question was, I don't know. I don't know why the national media doesn't, um, you know, hasn't paid more attention to Indiana. Is it, is it because they don't want to do the work? Is it because, and I wasn't singling him out. Is it just the, their laziness on their part? It's easier to go, oh, uh, you know, so-and-so is good because you've heard her name over and over and over again versus, you know, I'm going to check this Indiana team out. I'm going to put aside um, Thursday night and watch Indiana play Iowa or watch Indiana play Maryland just to check them out. You know, that you talk about the eye test all the time. And let, let, let me make the determination whether or not I think these guys are, are worthy of national attention. And, um, and so, you know, we're just going to keep doing what we do. Like I said, we just got to keep being us and uh, let our work be our voices. I always tell them, let your work be your noise. You don't have to, you don't have to do anything. You don't have to be extra. Just let's just, let's just uh, uh, keep the main thing, the main thing right now. And, and that is about us getting better and uh, us um, being able to celebrate last night, a really good victory, but realizing that we have to shelf that and come tomorrow, we got to get ready for, Another really good yep. Big Ten team. Yep. Well, and it's clearly with each big win over a big ranked opponent, uh, there is more attention being garnered. And even leading into this interview, we know you and some of your players are starting to be pulled in more directions. Everybody's waking up and wanting to get a, a piece of you guys, present company included. Here we are. <laughs> Have you found it uh, uh, more challenging, more difficult to be able to to for yourself and your players balance that which you know they've they've earned that attention that's good for right. the program for future recruiting but also being able to stay locked in is that an ongoing challenge yeah it is ward i mean it's it's uh you know and megan does a great job i think of being uh you know trying to be mindful of of our schedules and um and especially our players, you know, because, oh, by the way, they got to go to class. Right. And I think people, we forget that, you know, that uh, they get in at two o'clock in the morning, you know, and, and by the way, they got, you know, uh, Chloe, Chloe had a, an 8am chemistry lab, I think, you know, last week. And so, you know, they, they have, certainly they got another responsibility in their academic life as well. Um, But, um, you know, we just continue again to have conversations about, you know, not allowing this to, to um, uh, get away, you know, we can't get away from who we've, who we've been and how we've approached all of this. And um, I always remind them, you know, to, to, to keep the noise out and, um, um, just focus on, you know, the next, the next game. And I know that's coach speak, but it's worked for us. You know, if I can just keep them single, single-minded, you know, on just the task at hand, what's next, because here's the thing they're on social, they know, they read, they hear, um, you know, all of it. And, um, and, but, but I will say this about this group, they're very mature, very mature when it comes to trying to keep all that out. Uh, and I think it's probably because we just were, we, I always remind them of, 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 you know, how we started here and who we were. And I don't want that, that to leave us. I always want to feel like we're the underdog. I always want to feel like there's a chip that we, we play with. Um, and, um, you know, and they've, they've kind of taken on, you know, um, 
sort of that that underdog mentality, I think, that we still have a lot to prove. They, look, they know, they, they read just like you guys do, that they're not getting the national attention. You know, hopefully that that motivates them. It's not anything we talk about, though. Uh, the only thing we're talking about is Iowa. We're talking about Ohio State. We're talking about the next game and the next game. We're not talking about things that, again, we can't control. There is no doubt that some of that for you came from the coaches that you played for, specifically Mm -hmm. Lynn Dunn, legendary Purdue coach. (laughs) And the video that went out last night of you coming off the court and seeing Mm -hmm. this legendary (laughs) Boilermaker wearing an Indiana sweatshirt. Mm -hmm. And it it literally floored you. It literally floored you. But how amazing was that moment for you yeah. I just can't imagine what that would have been like sure well it's not a moment I thought what I would ever see uh, <laughs> to be honest with you you know she kept um you know so she she they she came and she watched us against Maryland she went over to the Purdue game and then she you know she came last night um and she kept she texted me and she said you're not going to believe what I just bought and I said, yeah, what, what'd you buy? And she said, I, I bought an Indiana sweatshirt. And I said, well, I said, I'm sure I'll never see that. Right. And so <laughs> then she tells me she's coming to the Purdue game. And I said, oh, you're going to wear your Indiana sweatshirt. And of course she laughed and she's like, I'll be ran out of Lafayette if I do that. And I said, no, I get that. Uh, and so I had no, no idea. I did not anticipate ever seeing her in this Indiana sweatshirt, but uh, you know, she, she, she brought it out last night, which was pretty special. Wow. Uh- I want to ask you a quick kind of silly question and, and maybe mm-hmm. there is nothing to this, but right. I've been watching basketball a long time in my life. And at the end of every game, even before the game ends, mostly the last few seconds, the coach leads the way to start the handshake line, which I hate <laughs> anyway. I hate the handshake line, but that's for a different conversation. Right. You don't lead the handshake line. You, yeah. I think go and shake the hands and high five all of the people on your team and your staff first, and then you go to the back of the line. Right. Was that something intentional that, that started for you years ago? Is is there any thought to that at all? Yeah. You know, again, it's, uh, you know, I, again, I don't know that it's anything intentional, but I will say that I feel like, um, you know, my place is at, is, is, in leadership, you can lead three ways. You can lead from the front, you can lead from the side, and you can lead from behind, right? When you have a veteran team, they lead from the front, right? Wow. When you have a veteran team and a mature team, the way I do, also I can lead from the side, right? When I don't have any of that, then I got to lead, right? I got to lead. I, and, and, and when I, and all that comes together, then I can just, you know, when they want to lead, I can, I can bring up the rear, right? So I can lead wow. from behind. So I feel like with this group in particular, and a lot of, lot of my teams, I feel this way. Um, they're the ones playing. And um, I hate the handshake line too. That's what I loved about COVID, that you didn't have to do that. <laughs> um, so I'm with you there, Eric. Um, yeah, because it's, it's a weird place to be. Whether you win or whether you lose, you feel bad, right? Yeah, it's um, ridiculous. Yeah, I've always prided myself though in being a good, uh, even though you guys know me well enough by now to know that um, I hate, I hate losing more than I love winning. And um, it's hard for me, but I do think um, I am a, um, 
at least I would think a respect, a respectable loser, right? I mean, I'm going to respect the opponent at, you know, and, and I don't get that always trust me when I go through that line. Right. Uh, and so it's, that's why it's so weird because when you win, of course, it's easy when you lose, it's uh, you know, it's you're humbled by it and you're, you're not happy by it, but there's still, um, and you know, but you have to, again, be professional in the moment. I try to do that, but um, sure, I get it. I love that. Not everybody, but yeah, it's so. So for me, it's always been something where, I, and I don't know why. I just feel like you know, um, it's my place to bring up the rear. And and I also love that you take the moment to thank your entire team first. Like you yeah. guys all just did this yeah. together, right. and I love that. I I I. Yeah. Like I, I never understood the rush to go thank the other team first before you thank your team. Screw the yeah. other team. We just tried to beat think, the hell yes, out of them yeah. for 40 we, minutes. We've had a couple of head coaches that have done, they've been on the front, you know, hurry. Yeah. And then they, they don't shake anybody else's hands. And that doesn't go over very well with my group. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, you know, it's a mixed bag of what you get, but, um, sure. but I do, I want to get to our team first and my staff because, telling you nobody works harder than you know our staff in terms of their preparation and um and it's just a moment for all of us that we can you know you know at least i can uh tell them how proud i am you know before uh yeah. uh you know i don't know just uh, it. it's not, not it. really anything i think about but I, well, love it. I, I, I do think that that's that's sort of how i think of it though in terms of my leadership like just wanting to be behind them and love it look push we if to sneak one more in, we would be remiss. We know that Ohio State's up next. There's still a Big Ten title to be won. There's still a Big Ten tournament, NCAA. This is all in front of you. That's right. where you're focused. But have you gotten a moment to reflect on being the all-time winningest coach in the history of Indiana women's basketball? Officially the GOAT. It's in the books. <laughs> you're the GOAT. Uh, what? What did that mean to you, even if it was a, a yeah. reflection you could yeah. take time to, to ponder upon? What, what's it mean to you? Well, I mean, it was obviously really cool. Uh, you know, you know, it happened at Illinois. I didn't anticipate any of the uh, that uh, afterwards. Right. The the T-shirt that came out. Uh, I didn't I didn't I didn't anticipate any of that. I mean, you probably saw that in the video if you watched it. It was, you know, uh, just trying to thank my team. And I looked up and. I see this t-shirt and then I'm like, Oh my, there's, you know, so, you know, yeah. that, Terry, I, can you see it? <laughs> Come, on. Go. Come on. Come uh, on. You know, just being grateful for, you know, the moment of, of, for all those people that were in that, in the room, you know, Scott was there and Maddie was there low, you know, our academic advisor has, who's been here with us, you know, the entire time. And so there were a lot of really special people in, in the locker room, including our team, but, um, you know, I also wanted to make sure that, you know, I, I at least talked about my, my, some of my former, former staffs, Janice Banks and Ashley Williams, you know, who had been so, uh, you know, important to the, the early, you know, the success that we've had. Uh, and then those former players, you know, the Tyra Buses and the Amanda Cahills and Alexa Gassian and um, Nikki and a lot, you know, there's so many, right. That, that uh, have been a part of the journey for, for us. And then, you know, Rhett has been with me the longest, Love you know, Rhett. certainly Liz, awesome. yeah, Liz and Bree have been with, with me the longest. So, you know, there's three or four of us that, uh, you know, have been here for the, the, you know, the duration of all these, uh, all of the wins. So 
really, really cool moment. I don't tend to, um, you know, uh, pause very often, but um, that was a moment. And then, um, you know, Monday when we, we got the rankings out, I did pause for, you know, a, a, a brief moment uh, <laughs> just because you know, I think, I think, I think it's my age though. Right. As I've gotten older, it's like all these special moments. It's like, you want to, you want to pause and go, wow, you know, where we, where this thing started and now kind of where it's at, um, you know, it's really, really cool. And, it is. Um, and, and you also want your kids to uh, relish it as well. And, and I don't, I try to stay, stay, stay away from ever talking to them about awards and blah, 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 and this and that. But I did, I said, you know, I want them to realize the significance of what they've been able to accomplish something that's never been done here. Right. Historically, like they're in the history books and, um, and they, they've done all the work they've done, you know, they're the gritty ones. They're the, they're doing, you know, in, they're the ones in between the lines and they should get that moment. You know, they, they should be celebrated in that moment. And I wanted to make sure make that they understood that, um, you know, um, congratulate them. And then, okay, it's time to go to practice now. Uh, I got to say, before we let you go, one comment on that. My favorite moment of that whole thing with you becoming the, the goat, as Ward said, <laughs> was when before, I think the Michigan game, when we came, was it the mission? No, no, no. When we came home and played Ohio State, I think it was they did a little ceremony for you beforehand oh, yeah. and presented you the ball. Right. The moment that was over, you flung the ball over the bench. You're like, all right, now it's time to go kick some <laughs> yeah. ass. It yeah. was my favorite moment because you're professional and you're courteous and you go through it. But you are so locked in and yeah. you have built this culture of stone cold assassins that mm -hmm. are on this team, whether it's Grace or Mac or Yarden, you know, or, or Chloe. I mean, they all have adopted this edge to them that we know comes from you and comes from Coach Red and comes from Coach Box and comes right. from Liz. And you have brought this toughness to this culture. And Terry, I'm telling you, the number of people that have told me in the last 72 hours that watching your team play is the most fun that they have ever had mm -hmm. watching Indiana play basketball, period. Yeah. It's staggering. You have yeah. brought toughness. You've brought doing it the right way, but you've also brought class. And mm. you do everything with all of those things all of the time. We Thank love you. you. We love this team. That. And Thank we you. can't wait to be in the house Next Saturday, yes. when we're there for the Purdue game, we will be there rooting you on, which may be a bad thing because yeah. we bring a whole <laughs> lot of bad luck with us. Just pointing that out. If something's going south, we'll excuse ourselves really? from the building, <laughs> and you'll know why. There you go. There All you right, go. well, Coach, good luck the yeah. rest of the season. Good luck Thank to the team. Thank you, guys. I Thank appreciate you. you. I was hoping to get my 15 minutes of fame here. I, was I know. The one who I was the one who caught that ball. <laughs> oh, nice. I couldn't tell who caught the ball. I couldn't tell. It was Megan. She fired it at you, too. It that was, was no small pass. She chucked a, a rocket test. at my head. And then she did it post-game, too. She came out of her little coach's locker room, and she goes, Meg! And she chucks at me again. She goes, I just want to see if you can do it again. That, it was it was my favorite moment. It was good for you, Meg, because if you didn't catch it, it would have been a moment. So I'm glad you, know, you caught it. I was all about the Buckeyes and how we were going to beat them. I yes, I love it. There's no, no, no time to be soft around there before that game. Cause Scott, <laughs> Scott called me and he was like, he's, are you okay with this? I'm like, I really don't want to do that. But he's like, but Terry, the president's going to blah, 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 blah. I'm like, okay, I'll do it. But yeah. Talk about 
Yeah, yeah. you but did it anyway. and moved on so quickly. <laughs> and that ball got tossed. It just, it was awesome. It was the greatest moment. I loved it. I absolutely loved it. <laughs> oh, I know. That was a guest. That was a guest. Ward, I am telling you, she is my favorite person in the world. I love everything about her. And I marvel at the job that she's done. I marvel at it. We... I don't know how many times we can keep talking about it, but you and I don't even know a single player or coach from the women's basketball program at Indiana when we were there in, no. from 95 to 2000. No one. I can't name you a single soul. And now it is must-watch TV for me. Must-watch TV. We talk about, in college sports, it's all about the coach. I think whether it be Deion Sanders or somebody taking over at Boise State years ago, it's just like, and those are football references, which are, are, are arguably, maybe it's even, you know, you've got to get 100 people in there to get your program on track. In college basketball, it's like you you should be able to win anywhere if you have an incredible coach, and you can. But with a school with all the natural resources so far as loving basketball having the facilities they've never gotten the right person at indiana university until fred glass hired coach terry morin and look at where we are he knocked that out of the park he recognized she is the one and boy like i can't even imagine fred was like, yeah, yeah, she's going to have us as one of the absolute best teams in in the country. You know, that it, it's just taken to a level that I don't, I mean, I don't, we're just hoping and praying that someday the men's program can get back there and they have that history. They have been considered the very best program in the country before, but that doesn't matter if you don't have the right coach. And fortunately for all of us, we absolutely have the right coach. And I, the one thing we didn't mention to her is that she's not only filled us with all this joy and excitement, but with pride. There's just so much pride in, in wearing your Indiana sweatshirt around Burbank, California, when you know the ladies are ranked number two in the country. And if you don't know, you should. Yeah, and I will say this. I do blame her in some way because while there's no doubt that the joy that I feel from watching them play and winning is phenomenal, the stress that I feel going into their 35-plus games a year kills me now. Like, and and But that's great because that means she's brought to the program. Look, let's just, we're just being transparent here. There was a time where if there were some diehards that were just supporters of women's basketball, God bless them, and they supported it. Then there was a time where it's like, you know what? We should support women's basketball. Like, it's just where we are. Why, why aren't we being more... Um, magnanimous and why aren't we um, treating them with more equality let's we should support them and that's not really good either now you support them because they are goddamn fun to watch and you they give you pride like you just said the same kind of pride I get from watching the men's team or a football program or whatever that's where they are they are legit they are elite. They do it with the right way. They play. You made a great point on the playing style. They are just so much fun to watch. My parents are now watching every game and they love it. And my mom even brought up, she's like, you know, I thought I'd miss like not no dunking. 
because my mom loves basketball and she loves the athleticism of basketball. But she sure. said, I actually prefer the game without it because mm. it makes you focus on the fundamentals of the game, passing, shooting, dribbling defense, right? Like that's the yeah. game. Or like, screaming. like dur during the game last night, Rabbi just feeling the impulse to text us about max footwork yes. like just like just the skill the craft of the game is so alive and well with these players for somebody like rabbi who's who's forgotten more basketball than i'll ever know to just be like i'm so taken with the skill of this player on the court i need to tell somebody about it right now it really speaks to the level they're playing at and I am so excited to be in the building for a sold out women's game against Purdue and Ward senior game. The yeah, last I game. Well, actually, it's not the last game because of the way the NCAA tournament works. Indiana oh, right. will host the first two rounds of the tournament. So but the last regular season game against a, a Big Ten conference opponent, it's going to be a special day in Bloomington on Sunday when that happens. It's going to be special. I mean, I. I am nervous about us being there. Like, I'm so excited. I'm so <laughs> excited. And I do believe this team is so good that they can overcome whatever disadvantage we bring with us. Um, but, you know, there's, there's, it's that superstitious part of me that really kicks into high gear when things are going well. Right, and it's like, well, they have been absolutely rolling without us in attendance. Yeah. But, what can we do to bring it down? Yeah, and, and if any two people can, it is us. I, um, I just love what Terry has done for Indiana basketball. I love it. 13,000 people in that arena last night felt like a big time main event game. Uh, and it was the first top five matchup of big 10 teams in 30 years. That's insane. And we won it. And, I was, and I was and they didn't two give years it old us. the last time that happened. <laughs> I mean, just, just absolutely incredible. Love Terry. Love what she's doing with the team. Love the people that she's got supporting it. You know, I think that once the season ends, it's harder, but we should get, coach Rhett and coach box on we should get those guys on to oh, talk yeah. about their experience in helping build this this culture they've been with her obviously coach red has been with her the longest but coach box been with her a long time we'll do that episode too love her can't wait to root like hell for them uh tonight because this is monday we're shooting this on friday but we're airing it on monday tonight is a huge game against ohio state at ohio state and there is a big 10 championship in the offing here if we win the next two games, if we win against Ohio State and then we beat um, Michigan, no. If we beat Ohio State and then beat Purdue, I think we clinch a tie for the Big Ten Championship. Butterflies. Like, when you let... I like, think. I'm not sure, to be it, honest with you. Just that... that, that a banner is that close. Yeah, I a think banner, I'm wrong. I think I'm wrong. I think the numbers I'm I'm I think regardless, I'm the point being their fate, their destiny is now in their own hands. Yes. They are now in the driver's seat of of not just having this great moment in season of Coach Morin uh, being the all-time winningest coach, uh, not only being the highest-ranked Indiana basketball team in in regular season history, but to go ahead and and put 
2023 up in the hall permanently is is just two three games away is it's exhilarating but it's it's scary it's fun it's all the things that happen when you have one of the best basketball programs in the country uh you're totally right and and terry has talked about in press conferences she'll say to the core the press corps she'll say like you guys know we have goals she never says lays out exactly what the goals are because i think there's part of her that just doesn't want to get too far ahead because she focuses on every game but anybody with a brain knows their goal is to win the Big Ten championship first. That That is something that has eluded Terry so far and eluded Indiana's program. To win that regular season championship in this season, the best season of Big Ten basketball maybe ever would be amazing. They want to win the Big Ten tournament championship, and then they want to hang the biggest banner of all. That Those are the goals for this team. And you're right. All the other accolades are like ethereal. They're nice, but they aren't permanently hung in Assembly Hall. And that is what this team and program deserves. Actually, I shouldn't say that. They should. They don't deserve it. They have done the work to go and earn it. Like they, they have put them in a position. No one deserves a championship. You should, you should go out and win it. You yeah, know, you deserve it if you win it. Right. But they put themselves in a position to be a team that is befitting to win a championship. So it, it is so much fun. Can't wait to watch the rest of the season. What else you got? Oh, that's it. That's all. All right. Follow us on Twitter at Hoosier Hysterics for the hysterics. No E, no I. But, but the sometimes... We didn't have Terry do it. I mean, do we need like a sticky note on our computer? We need a sticky note. We need a sticky note. We need to start having our guests do the... But the sometimes why. I mean... We're just idiots. The, the the nice thing is then there there might be an enticement for people to keep listening after the interview is over. Yeah, because there certainly isn't one now. <laughs> Follow us on Twitter at Hoosier Hysterics for the hysterics. No E, no I. But the the sometimes, sometimes why? Ward, Eric. the next time I see you in person, yeah. we will be getting on a plane to go to Bloomington, Indiana. It's gonna it's it's what? gonna be it's going to be fun. It's going to be, I mean, it's, it's going to be stressful. I'm stressed out. Like I, the last time we watched IU men play Illinois, I got in, I got into a little back and forth with Kofi that you went, did. that went badly for us. But I do have faith that this team with this attitude, with this dog, with this moxie, no matter what my stupid mouth might say in the heat of the moment will not impact the, the outcome of the game. Uh, I did something that I've never done. I mean, I have done. I've never planned for this. I made a reservation at Zagreb's for Friday and Saturday night. <laughs> I feel like I could do steak one night and then like lamb chops the next night. All right. I'm down. You know, I'm yeah. down. Yeah. I, I, I've both nights. Two banger. <laughs> at least at least it's not two meals in a row there. I mean, I could see you just doing let's do back-to-back dinners at Zagreb's on the same night. I'm surprised we haven't done that yet. You mean like have have a group at six and then another group at like eight? Yep. We just move a couple tables over and start again. You just gave me an idea for the next time we're in Bloomington. <laughs> I love that. From the halls of assembly, you'll hear us scream and shout. Our love of Indiana is manic and devout. Everything I do, we discuss in unique manner. We 
won't be satisfied until we hang another banner. Us two goofy guys go by names of Ward and Eric. And as you probably know by now, we're Hoosier Hysterics. Hoosier Hysterics. Hoosier Hysterics. One, two, three, four. Those are numbers. But you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. AutoTrader. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com.